Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, divine, uplifted, peace and love, joy and prosperity. Another edition of Revolutionary Voodoo. New Orleans Voodoo Secrets and Recipes. Come on in. Come on in. Greetings, Oh, 
reality. And so it is. Ashe, oh Ashe. Today is Monday, May 18th, 2020. I got a feeling like today was Tuesday. Like I had already gone through a whole complete work day. <laughs> but today is indeed Monday, the 18th of May. And I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally. This is not a recording <laughs> from the working temple of the House of the Divine Prince. Thai potions, hoodoo central in this legendary, historic, beautiful, and most enchanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo obey a life path and journey, passing down the great obia stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving, healing herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, minerals, the legacy, the culture, the tradition, and the practice of our sacred story. And indeed, today, I can't invoke my ancestors without acknowledging Bogalusa. My people, my people, before they went up the delta a little bit into that Louise, Mississippi uh, area, were in Bogalusa. Louisiana, and, and I know many of you are paying attention to the to the news and know that there was a major shooting in Bogalusa uh, yesterday. Uh, who, who, decided, who decided 500 people were going to gather in Bogalusa? Who decided that? Who gave the permits for that? The city is already, you know, on record, on camera. Listen, we didn't have anything to do with this. We didn't offer no permits for this. If someone would have even approached us with this idea, we would have shut it down. That's what the city is saying today on camera. Whose idea was it, Black people? Whose idea was it in, in your community to have 500 people gather for a barbecue of all things? On May 17th, 2020, this deep, this close to coronavirus pandemic, debacle, it depends on what level we're looking at. It's already tragic. And the human lives that are not being documented, that are not being acknowledged, that are not being honored while this rolls forward into this Hello, grand reopening. Merlene, I know you're not calling me live on air in the middle of my show. I want to read it. Okay, but I can't do it right now, live on air, unless you call into the show number at 845-277. 9143. 9143. That's right. I'm, I'm live right now, so you'll be live on air, so just call in. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes. <laughs> so whose idea was it? Whose idea was it? My people, black people, brown people, red people, yellow people, whose idea was it? to have five 
600 people gather for a barbecue in Boogalusa. And whose idea was it that that was a great place to shoot 13 people? 13 people. Listen, we already got major news right now, this pandemic. It's enough going on politically, at the government level, at the grassroots level. It's enough going on. It's enough out there for all of us to battle, to just choose a battleground and take it and move forward with it. But oh my goodness, <laughs> oh my goodness, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I, and I said it just yesterday that you have these wealthy, well-to-do, hey, Keon, I'm opening your mic, well-to-do white people that can afford to go out there and, and protest, that, that can afford to then go back to their enclave with their families and friends and protect themselves. But you all who are working the Walmart, who are working the, the Kmart, who are working the, the Target, who are at the gas stations, who, 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 are, who are operating the buses, who are at the hospitals, you all are on the front line. And my people cannot afford to mimic these talking heads that you see in the media because you're being made an example. You're being made the experiment. You're being pushed out there to put your lives at risk. Look at those 13 lives that were lost yesterday in Bogalusa. How many of them were yours? How many of them were mine? How many of them mirror the people who are telling you to open up the country, to get on back out there? Everything is cool. Let's move this forward. Number two. Some of you are paying attention and you don't care. You don't care. And we see it in your behavior. We see it in your posts. We see it in what you talk about. We see it in what's important to you. How many of my witches and, and root doctors and root workers are working on this? Come on in, Keona. Your mic is open. 323-809. Greetings, Bobby. Come on in. Greetings. Your Greetings. I'm shocked that I'm shocked that Belusa had 5,000 people, let alone 5,000 black people to come together because they barely have 13,000 uh, people in the population. 500, 500, not 5,000, 500. Well, I thought you said 5,000. I was like, wait a minute. No, 500. still bad. 500. Yeah, 500. And, and that's still a lot of people. But, but I said mm -hmm. 500. The number is clear, 500. I've been keeping up with it ever since it happened, you know, and they out barbecuing, they out kicking it, they out doing it. Now, Merlene, if you're going to call me, boo, you got to press the number one on your phone or I will not be able to see you on my switchboard. So, Merlene, if you're listening, you want to reading. Hold on, Kiona. Hold on, Kiona. I got somebody, um, an elder in my community who needs a reading. And so I want to acknowledge her um, in all things. Greetings, beloved. Are you with me? Yes. Hello. Yes, beloved. Who is this? Five hundred four. This Merlene, or this is uh, somebody else? This This is Merlene's daughter, Nikki. Hello. How are oh, you? Hey, girlfriend. What's going on? 
I, I was just listening in on your show, and I've been reading on that as well. About the they went to yeah, it was like a retaliation, and I was just wanting to hear how what you had going on on your show. Yes, indeed. Did you want and to read it or you as well? Yes, and we want you to talk about that because every day we're listening to you know the media and particularly mm-hmm. your politicians. And, and these wealthy white folks, because let's be clear, these folks you see protesting with the, with the mm-hmm. flag, the Confederate flag, these folks got housing, got land, got farm. They're not broke. They're not poor. They're not struggling. But people like Nikki, who work at the hospital, who on the front line of this, who see this happening every day, girlfriend, what's your opinion about this? There's people that still saying this ain't real. Oh, it's real. It's real. It's real, and it's 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 really something that they really need to show on TV what we're mm-hmm. really seeing in the hospital. How you have to mask, cover all the way up, all these things. But they tell you you can just wear a mask outside. But if I have to wear two masks, a shield, and cover my whole body up to go into a COVID room, then how can one mask keep me from getting it when I go to a Walmart? I don't understand that. That's just baffling to me. That every time I go into a COVID room, you have to have all this stuff on not to get it. But walking by someone, you just need one mask? I don't understand you know, I think that they should make it where everybody has to wear N95 outside. You know what I mean? I agree. Because not protected. You know, I agree. Even at first, when we were in the hospital, they told us we couldn't wear the mask until we went into a COVID room. You know, but now they want us to wear them throughout the whole hospital. And I still don't feel safe. Every symptom that COVID has had, I've had it at some point in time. Not all together, but I've had it because of the anxiety of thinking that, hey, I can have this. Still working in all these, in, with this, and every day I have something that makes me think that I have it. So in the long run, all these people that are working are going to have mental illness. They're going to have PTSDs and all that dealing with so they need to address that as well. They need to get these people something to be able to cope with it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Keon and I have talked about the mental health implications, um, the emotional and spiritual implications of this. And and while we, yeah, you know, say that again, beloved. I had to go to the hospital today, last night at two o'clock, because my throat was closing up. And, and and it's making me think that something is wrong with me all the time, you know, and it, it could be just my mind playing tricks on me. You know, when I got there, they did give me a steroid shot. They said that I could have had a allergic reaction to something, but every symptom is connected to COVID because they want the paycheck. Don't do that. Just make what COVID really is and stop having people think that everything you can have COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And have you been so tested? Like, Are they testing you? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. They, 
Yeah, they're testing us. You you can get a test anytime. Now the antibodies, that's the test that I really want because I want to know if I already had it. You know, I'm thinking mm-hmm. I've already had it or your mind makes you think all these things and and you know, then you're getting paid two dollars extra to go clean a COVID room and the doctors and the, the nurses and all those people are getting twenty dollars extra, but we're in those rooms longer than they are cleaning them. We're exposed to it more than they are because they go into the patient, come out. We're in there. We have to clean all that stuff. Yeah, I agree. And so you are still getting the two dollars because we did hear on the news that some companies were going to pull back on the two dollars. I only get the two dollars if I am in a COVID room. An hour, two dollars an hour. And that's if only if you're in the room. And that's only if you're I in the COVID room. Yeah, only if you're in the COVID, you get it. But if you're not in COVID, then you just get regular pay, which is still minimum wage. I think yeah. anybody that should go into a hospital when they step foot in the hospital should be getting hazard pay because you're jeopardizing yourself just walking in there. You don't know what if it could last three days. Anybody past this area could have it, in my personal opinion. That's yeah, right. No one knows what it is. Everybody's a guinea pig right now because you don't know. The doctors don't know. They're going. They're going along as they figure things out. So you, we should be getting paid. Like, why you figure it out? Why you figure it out? Pay me. Then I won't have no problem with, you know, going in these rooms. I agree, beloved. Um, Nikki, I appreciate that. Um, we certainly like hearing from people who are on the front lines who are actively involved, in and particularly black people, because often mm-hmm. a lot of misinformation makes its way back right. into our community. You know, so it's good to hear from right. people who are actively operating in this. Yeah, and I, I want to also say before I go, you know, they have showed us, they have done a lot of good things at this hospital for us, you know, being that we are there. But, you know, when you're going through a, a third-party company, it's not the hospital, it's the company that you're being paid by. You know what I mean? So there's only so much they can do if they pay the company to pay us. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, but hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll step in and add something to it. You know what I mean? Because we're yeah. not really working for the hospital. We work through a, a third party. So that's how they, I guess, can get away with it as well. But the hospital has treated us well. Just as you know, you know, with the things that they're given, we're included. Yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna sit here and say that. You know, we yeah. get all the same fines, we get all the same things that they get, but we're not getting the pay that they get because we don't work through the hospital. So hopefully, you know, we can get something going. And I, yeah. I enjoy being on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for calling in, beloved. And and you and your mom are welcome to call in um, at any time. All right. I'll be calling. Thank you. We certainly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so Love much. You. Love, Love you, you too. Good day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. 
<laughs> and we invite others to also call in at area code 845-277-9143. 845-277-9143 with your questions, comments, requests, even your experiences on the front line at the grassroots level in the community as it relates to how we deal with COVID-19 and the coronavirus moving forward. And not just the virus, not just the virus, but society. We are, and I, I keep saying it every day, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new time. It's a new season. What you thought, what you understood, what you believed don't exist in, in today. We're now under a new dispensation. And this virus and the viruses to come and the consciousness and awareness of the viruses to come is with us now from this day forward. So there's no going back to what we had. There's no going back to what we thought we understood. There's no waiting for things to open up and return to normal. There's, this is the new normal, beloved. This is the new normal. So these people who are stepping out, Kiona, 500 people for, for, for a barbecue? I mean, I mean, come on, who are now risking not just their lives and a spike in that region of, of Louisiana, and it's really close to Mississippi, too, for many of you who don't quite know uh, Boogaloosa, Louisiana. Uh, it, it's in the eastern, northeastmost part of the, of the boot of Louisiana, and it sits just below the border with Mississippi. So this is going to create a spike will show up as a spike in days to come and weeks to come that could have been prevented, <laughs> that could have been stopped. And again, I ask, where, where are my teachers, my evangelists, my healers, my root doctors, my root workers in, in the course of doing this work at this time and this season? I know for me, my schedule is overwhelming. My schedule is overwhelming. People are up doing this work day and night. Hoodoo occultism, uh, Sky, uh, Kiona, many others are up day and night right now addressing spirit, addressing ancestors, doing what's important to anchor themselves and, and their communities so that we can move forward in a way that's productive, in a way that we don't have to keep repeating, um, 601, I'm coming to you, in a way that we don't have to keep repeating the, the same mistakes, the, the same behavior. Eric code 601, who's calling? Your mother. I thought that was my mom. Peace and love, what's going on? Love you, son. I uh, On your topic, is so titillating and interesting and i wish our people would open up their ears and their mind and their soul and pay attention to what's going on because i i had to go to the uh, att store the phone store and there yeah. was a young beautiful black lady there and uh, uh the customers that were coming in had on masks and some of her co-workers had on masks and she didn't so i asked her I said baby where is your mask why don't you have a mask on she's has the attitude that a lot of the young people have. Well, I'm going to have to leave here one way or the other. And I said, oh, my God, you know, how fatalistic is that? 
so as we continue to talk, I learned that young people, a lot of them, she's a, I think she said she was 29, a lot of the young people have the attitude that we, we're not here to stay anyway and we've got to leave here with something. But it's really sad because I see so many people walking around without the mask on on the few areas that I've had to run. And uh, I know you told me not to go out, but anyway, we won't get into that. (laughs) But I had to go out and run this errand, and then there were so many people just going on with life as usual, but life is not as usual. I tried Mm -hmm. to go to Best Buy to get something I needed, and the doors are locked. A young man standing there with the clipboard, and and you have to make an appointment to go in the store, and if you want something that they have, they'll bring it out to you. And it's it's like you say, it's not life as usual. We'll never go back to normal the way we used to know it. It's going to be totally different. And I went on the Internet to see, well, maybe I can go to another store and find the part that I need. No. You have to make appointments. You have to wait until they give you a pickup time. And anyway, you've got a good subject going there. And please continue to urge people to pay attention to what's going on around them and how it is affecting them. You you too, Mom, and and I love you. Thank you for calling in. But you you as well. But you as well. I keep telling you, stop going out. You you don't have to go out. Get get the younger people that that have that mindset from your church. Let them go out and let them bring that to you. And you can spray it down, wipe it down (laughs) before you bring it into your house. But there, there, it's just no reason to go out right now, particularly if you are black, brown, red, yellow, Asian, African, Latina, Hispanic. What part of they don't care about you don't you understand? What part of they don't care about you are you not seeing? What part of they don't care about you are you not getting? This invokes for me uh, Bush, Hurricane Katrina. Kanye West, when Kanye West said he don't care about you, these people do not care about you. What language do I need to say that in? Spanish, French, Amway, Europe, what language do I need to say that in? They do not care about you. And you cannot look at these protesters. You can't look at these, these groups of, of young, yuppie, buppy, middle-class folk and use that as some kind of barometer as to how safe it is or, or how true or not true the information you are getting. Um, I recorded, and I haven't had a chance to upload it yet. Um, one of the news channels made a big deal about propaganda. And I recorded it. It's about five minutes long. They talked about propaganda, how propaganda works, who's promoting propaganda, yada, yada. And within that, they brought up a point that I've brought up in most recent days. We now live in what's called the information superhighway. At least that's what they called it when I was in the eighth grade, the ninth grade, tenth grade, when the Internet was just being introduced. WWW, World Wide Web, the super Information highway is what it was being called. But now what I'm seeing, (laughs) 
is almost a rebuke of knowledge, of facts, of truth, of documentation, of proof and study, and that's being replaced with opinions and opinions that are driven by politics, political groups, co-intel, religious organizations, big groups that have a motive beyond you going out to get your needed item from Walmart or Walgreens or, or, or Home Depot or, or, or wherever. And so they are dependent on you, you, to go out and test it. They're, they're dependent on it. Dependent on you to show up in the numbers as, as to whether it's safe to travel or not, as, as to whether it's safe to move around or not. They're dependent on you. And they're dependent on your inability to see, to hear, to comprehend. Listen, it's just like when you get, you know, the pill bottle or the new product or the new lease, or the new contract. There's always that small print. There's always that small print. And what's the purpose of the small print? They hope you don't read it. They hope you don't find time to comprehend it. They're hoping you don't notice it. They're hoping it's just not that important to you. How many of you out there who had bought in a car before? or bought a house before, neither one of which I've ever done, by the way. But you hurried up with your name on that application. How long did you sit there and read that contract? How long did you sit there and read that lease? That's how my mama taught us. My mama was going to sit there and read it, read it out loud, and then ask questions about it. That's why I'm waiting on this Walmart call. Some of you already warned, pre-warned that today's show might be interrupted by a, a Walmart customer service issue. And so uh, it was too long to hold. It was an hour hold time. So they may very well call back while we're live on the air. And if they do, I'm going to broadcast that call on air. <laughs> so not only will they be recorded, it'll be broadcast internationally. Um, and it's about them trying to ship a product to me from a long distance, St. Rose, Louisiana. Uh, right now, I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in what's going on at UPS in St. Rose, Louisiana. I've had more than one item dramatically disappear. <coughs> Forgive me. Dramatically disappear in St. Rose, Louisiana. So I don't know what's going on at UPS St. Rose, but it's now nine days. 10 days in, and the product that I need is available, according to their own site, shipped and supplied by Walmart from a local location. And now I'm 10 days in waiting on my product to come from somewhere else that got stuck in St. Rose. And so they may interrupt the broadcast. So I'm just warning y'all. But it'll be worth it. <laughs> Who do occultism says they're experimenting with it now? Yes, in Shreveport, they had a big cookout hosted by the city at the fairground. Is that true? Who do occultism? Now, see, you're going to force me to have to find that, Google that, search that, 
you know, because I never want to broadcast anything without some backup. And I do trust you, uh, beloved. So, so I know you know what you're talking about, but man, is that true? City of Shreveport hosted a cookout at the fairground. And this was when? Yesterday? Over the weekend? Come on now, my black and brown people. What's wrong with y'all? What's wrong with y'all? I, I just don't get it. it. It's almost like what my mom said about young folks, but I see it with young folks, 20, 30, 40, 50. Not only is it we got to die of something, but many black and brown folks don't expect to live to be old in the first place. Listen, this is a true story now. I never expected to be 35. Ever. And I started first having that thought, that vision in the kindergarten. In the, I wish my mom was still on the phone. In the kindergarten. In the kindergarten. I was expelled from the kindergarten behind the interaction that I had with, with Matthew. Yeah, I still remember your name. <laughs> a white boy named Matthew. I can't remember his last name right now. It'll come to me. I ended up going from kindergarten to 12th grade with this guy, by the way. But I got, ev got you know, expelled from the kindergarten for being precocious, for being aggressive, for being arrogant. You know, in the midst of a, a, a what is that game you play? Musical chairs. And, and the gift was an Easter basket. I'll never forget it. It was the gift was an Easter basket. There were only four. They had them well positioned, okay. And it was my chair. It was my chair. But they allowed Matthew to bump me from the chair and then take the prize. And I and I got you know expelled. Uh, this is a true story. I got expelled from kindergarten, and from that point. I had to go to an, either an alternative school or go to school with my mother, who was a teacher at that time in another county in Maryland, the state of Maryland, Anne Arundel County. So now I'm, I'm leaving Capitol Heights every day, driving with my mother the, the hour-long drive in Maryland to attend school, which was a much better scenario for me. For, for kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, I'm now attending a school where my mother works. So now it's a completely different environment. You know, no bullying, not getting picked on, not getting singled out, you know, grass, you know, et cetera. Then they changed the law and said, you cannot go to a school outside your county. If you live in Prince George's County, you got to attend a school in Prince George's County and it's got to be within your district. So now I'm forced to go to the school, elementary school, that's right across the street from my house. And from those of you who are familiar, Nova Avenue and Glacier Avenue meet like a T. <laughs> Nova Avenue, it's a hill this way, Nova Avenue and a hill this way. And Glacier actually is at the top of that hill. And there sits Bradbury Heights Elementary School, and that's where I ended up having to attend. Bradbury Heights, Francis Scott Key, Sutton Senior High School. So the 
idea for me set in very early on that I wouldn't survive 35, that I was going to be dead at 35. And, and I believed it. Even after I was forced to be on the street, after I was forced to be a runaway, even after I was, I was forced out there in the world, teens into my 20s, I never thought I was 18, 19, 20, 25 year old since then. Up until now, who have that same belief? Whether they have expressed it or not, who, who have that same feeling that they won't see maturity. And so when I did, I was shocked. <laughs> when I did live to be 30, 35, I was shocked. That's also when my life began to settle. When life began to gain some order. When the voodoo began to stand up for me. Hey, mom, I see you're back on the phone with me. Um, yes, I am. Yeah, the, uh, people think i am be making up these stories. <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, I want to say this. You have always been picked off to be picked on because you have a very unique personality. You're very precocious. You're ahead of your time. And another reason they wouldn't let you stay there was because they wanted to put you on rental like they do a lot of our intelligence-like children. They, were, they wanted to put you in a special class, not realizing that the problem or not acknowledging the, that the problem was you were too smart for them. You were ahead of the time, and you just couldn't be still and keep up with all that boring stuff they were throwing at you. And a lot of times you were the type of child, if most people would say, oh, he's not paying attention, but you could pay attention and be doing something else at the same time. And, and even now, even though you are balanced, very intelligent, you have your own business, you have a lot of talent, and you're helping other people, people still look at you as unique, different. You're just blessed to be, what, you're just blessed to be pressed. And yeah. you've taken lemon out of, uh, and made lemonade out of it. That was the main reason, was you were ahead of your time, you were too smart, and they didn't know how to handle you. They just wanted to medicate you and sit you in a corner. So I'm through talking for today. Okay. <laughs> but we appreciate you. And and listen, that's the first time my mother's ever said that out loud. I never knew that they wanted to put me on Ritalin. In fact, I was 30 before my mama would even talk about this. Well, you know that, uh, I, I'm, as I told you last week, I'm coming out of my cocoon. I'm pulling it off one layer at a time. And and I love you for it. I appreciate you right. for it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, my mom, uh, at the time when all of this was happening, refused to tell me because she didn't want me corrupted by it. Um, so I didn't even know any of this activity was going on until I was 30 years old. That was when we first sat down and she talked about what actually happened <laughs> when I was in kindergarten. And, and got expelled. Um, Eric Code 713, thank you for your patience. Who's calling and where are you calling from? John Wynn, and I'm calling from Colleen, Texas. Thank you so much, beloved. What's going on? What's your question or comment today? I have both a comment and a question. Uh, you know, I love uh, our family. Uh, you know, all races are something special, but I mostly stand in the gap for my African-American uh, people out there, I love them all. And um, I saw 
a video uh, yesterday that you were saying that, uh, you know, people are kind of running out, but you said your neighbors had was wearing a mask and or something like that, and the tables had turned and, you know, uh, can you understand the video I'm talking about? What I said was, so we're on the same page, that my gay, sort of wealthy neighbor, and, and let me be clear about neighbor, he rents on my block. He don't live on my block. His property is on my block, and he rents that out to other people. So this neighbor, that's who I was talking about, said, I laugh at people who wear a mask, said that this was all a bunch of BS said this was all made up, says that you can't trust Fox, you can't trust ABC, you can't trust NBC. And that's something that I was beginning to bring up again today. So if we can't trust none of the news sources, where then are we getting our information from? And today, a lot of people call are getting their information from you and me, from the talking heads on social media, and everybody ain't checking their facts. I might be, you might be, who do occultism who reported the, the gathering in Shreveport, I'm sure gave us valid information. But then there are a lot of other people out there in, in the social media who are not, they're just going on feeling. They're just going on what they believe. They're just going on some of these conspiracies and these uh, uh, conspiracy theories. So my in the video, I was worked up because now I'm seeing what we used to call conscious black folks mirroring the same conversation. Well, it don't affect black people. This ain't real for black people. Go ahead. Well, my my, you went on in the video, and uh, you know, told them don't play with the hoodoo, don't play with it, you know, and, and that we was gonna come out for some folks. I don't want to, you know, repeat, you know, you know, verbatim. But, uh, you know, we definitely do have to look at these people because um, I, I, I do believe that spells have been thrown um, unconsciously. And I know some yeah. have been put on me. And uh, the main part of my, what I do is to take those, to throw back those spells at them with uh, what I know about African uh, tradition. Now, my thing is, these people, that uh, you're speaking of, that uh, uh, from a voodoo uh, perspective, who exactly are we looking at, and who exactly are we? Uh, uh, we do we need to? You know what I'm saying? Who we need to look at with our with our gift as far as okay. uh, the throwing out of spells? Now, let me hang up, but I want to get back on YouTube to see it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I made my 12 o'clock donation. Thank you, Kimi. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. Hey, he wants me to be specific about. Who is the battle with? He wants me to be specific about who we conjuring for or against. He wants me to be specific about who do we bind. Now, despite all that you know about my story, my background so far, I grew up in the 60s and the 70s. My mom was the first college-educated woman on my mother's side of the family. My mama wore an Afro. My, my mama taught Kwanzaa and black history before that was prominent in the school system. My mama, you've heard me say my mama took us to the museum 
took us to the library, took us to the fair, took us to see opera and sympathy, symphony, and, and, and all these things that expanded our awareness. And remember now, I'm born in Chicago, grew up in the, in the, in the DMV, Maryland, D.C., Virginia area in the early 70s, going into the 70s. So anything you know about black power, civil rights, and, and all the activities of the 1970s, I was in Chocolate City. Washington, D.C. was called Chocolate City at that time. That's where I grew up. So a lot of my platform is rooted in that. Some of y'all don't see me as being, you know, all that black. I'm extremely black. Some of y'all don't understand that I'm speaking values, principles that have been brought up through the black conscious movement and, and all of its diversity and all of its factions. I grew up with Black Panthers. I grew up with people with, with Ansuru. I grew up with Black Muslims before y'all even accepted Black Muslims in, in the 70s. So my platform is revolutionary. My platform is revivalistic. My platform is activism. And, and I've been pushing for a, a group, a coven, whatever y'all want to call it, to come together with your, with your supposed powers and work to make real change. And so, beloved, we've got to target politicians. We've got to target preachers and teachers. We've got to target groups and organizations. And I have a mindset very similar to the Mau Mau in Kenya, M-A-U hyphen M-A-U, for those who are going to Google that. The, the Mau Mau took place in the 60s and the 70s, where, where the Black leaders in the grassroots community had to get together and decide who's for us and who's against us, who's still working in the government and working against us, who's still a part of the system and is a cog in the wheel, is a block in our progress to freedom and liberation. So they literally targeted it, those folks. And those folks were removed. Those folks were taken out. Those folks were eliminated so that they couldn't continue to be a party to the oppression of the people. Now, we're spiritualists. <laughs> I'm not asking y'all to go out and, and, and harm anybody physically, but spirit is more powerful, more real, more tangible, more evident, more effectageous than anything that could be worked, that could be organized physically. So these targets have to be clear. These targets have to be marked, and then you all have to be willing to do the work and to document that work. Because what is it without proof? What is it without documentation? What, what is it about without being clear about what your target is? Now, I remember a few years ago, a few years back, not so recent, you know, election history, there were groups of witches and pagans forming in Facebook who were claiming to target Trump, who, who were claiming to target, you know, specific people. 
we never heard anything else about that. It, it was mostly for show. I'm not talking about for show. Especially if we're talking about ATR. I'm not talking about for show. I'm talking about us actively putting our power and our ashe together for real world change, for real world manifestation, right, right here and right now in this moment in time space. How many more people have to be killed? How many pe more people have to die on our watch? So if you're not an activist, if you're not politically inclined, if you're not an educator, you know, if you're not out there in some other means of, of, of organizing and, and making change, but you're claiming spirituality and religion, but you're claiming hoodoo, root work, and conjure, what are you working for? What are you working towards? And what ultimately is your goal? I was reminded yesterday in one of my consultations with one of my godchildren about my purpose. My purpose is not to have or create codependent clients, codependent godchildren, codependent initiates. Let me be clear. And there are those out there who would have you to be just that. They need you to call every day. They need you to spend your money every day. They need you to check in with them every day. Some of them are calling you about your work, about your life. How's it going? What's going on with you? So that you can feed these fake practitioners information and they keep you on the hook. That's not my goal. That's not what I'm here for. I want to make powerful practitioners, powerful readers, powerful healers, powerful activists. I want you to get to that point where you are self-empowered, where you are whole, where you are operating in your God and goddess consciousness, and then you're changing the world. You're creating and recreating. That's my goal. That's my hope for you. That's what I want for you. But, but there's a, a process to that. There are no shortcuts over it, around it. You've got to go through it. My teacher, one of my teachers, Bahala, taught me that we call that prospiration. Prospiration, the ability to move through, not over it, not under it, not around, not to stick the detour, but to, to spiritually and magically move through. Ashe Savannah Bowie means power. It's Yoruba specific. The Yoruba people, Nigeria, West Africa, Nigeria has over 200 ethnic groups in it. So the Yoruba are one specific ethnic group. And we have romanticized Yoruba culture. So, so you see Alafia, you hear Ashe, you hear Orisha, you hear Oshun and Yimayai and, and all these different, that's all Yoruba. Yoruba specific. So Ashe means power. Like amen to some degree. It's also an affirmation. So we say Eshe, that might mean thank you to, to an elder. We might say Ashe, that might be thank you, all is a blessing, if you will, to, to, to a younger person. 
But then in culture and spirituality and in the practice of Orisha, you say Ashe. And it's more like amen. It's more like an exchange of energy. It's, it's more of a recognition of that higher unifying power and energy that holds everything together in the Orisha universe, Ashe. So, so we might say that's power. We might say that's amen. We might say that's give thanks. All praises too. You, you am I making sense? <laughs> yeah, and and A S E is a more correct spelling of the word. A S E is a more Americanized, anglicized, if you will representation of the of the word and so i hope i was able to uh yes able to answer that for you let me check my phone lines area code 845-277-9143 of course keona your mic always remains open and i invite the other callers listeners participants um if you have a question comment or request please do press the number one on your telephone keypad and I will be more than happy to open your mic and bring you into the conversation. Yeah, I've been this this has been an active weekend. Um business wise, politically, sort of watching the the, the opening and the reopening so called of America, um watching the, the political response to that, the political debate um, associated with that, I'm a little hyper this Monday. Uh, you have heard me say at the beginning of the show, I, I thought it was Tuesday. I really did. When I started this show at the top of the hour, I thought it was Tuesday because I had worked all weekend. Um, and then when I wasn't working, I was working all weekend. Uh, when I wasn't actively in a conversation, actively on a, on a phone call, I was in ritual all weekend, primarily behind coronavirus, um, economics, um, addressing work that's on, the, that's on the table right now, ritual work, but also addressing how do we move this forward in safety and peace. Um, I'm, predicting, I'm predicting a civil war. Not a literal civil war, more of a, it's going to show up in media, it's going to show up in the argument, it's going to show up in the, in the political debates, it's going to show up in how we move forward now, uh, this year, towards elections without being able to necessarily gather. Uh, if you've noticed in the, in the opening up, where the Trump rally? Ain't been no Trump rally, but they want you to open it up. They want 500 people to gather in Bogalusa. They want another 500 people to gather in Shreveport. But ain't been no, no, it ain't been no Trump rallies. Why? But we in a hurry, remember, to, to open it up. Y'all better, woo, y'all better get a clue. <laughs> y'all better get a clue. This is everything to do with race. This is everything to do with racism. So I have a question. Come on in, beloved. Come on it's in. The HIV um, hit the hit the um, hit hit our community. Nobody said nothing. People still having unprotected sex. 
right? They don't care anything about this corona. Corona who? If they can lay down and casually go online and meet people and hook up because they catalog shopping for penises and vagina, excuse me, mom. They don't care anything about no corona. They don't care anything about going outside, breathing in air, and dropping dead. All they're caring about is what kind of human hair they can buy and what European designer they can be caught taking a picture in and who's messing with who. They don't care anything about any of this. They're not even in the, the school system is the last thing to open. They're talking about opening up the malls first, and the schools may open up next year. That's right. All we got was our walking papers because I'm going to tell you right now, I still see the plantation. All we got was our walking papers because I still see the plantation. I see N words. I, I don't see black people. I see common N words. That's what I see. And I'm not saying that the front because I don't use that word and people can't even call me that word to play with me. But I'm saying that's exactly what I see. An open plantation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a safe word or a safe phrase. Field hands. You see field hands, okay? <laughs> That's what you see. You know, and and Thank unfortunately you. today, you, 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 that includes your poor whites. Now, your poor whites, you're just as a victim to this as anybody else. But but, how often are you on the register? How often are you on the front line? How often are you out there risking your life in the way that our lives have been risked since the beginning of this system? Since the inception of this country, since the laying down of the foundation of this of this nation, our lives have been pushed out there. And, and you know, I was hoping at the beginning of your call, Keona, that you were just speaking generally, but you got personal. <laughs> You started talking about hair weaves and extension, and, and yeah, you got personal. And and we have to get personal right now. 70% of the deaths, black people. 75% of the deaths, black people. So we got to get personal. Well, we have to. Who are they pushing out there to reopen that? Walmart, you. Who are they pushing out there to reopen all them fast foods? You. Who are they pushing out there to reopen the malls? You. You. Because Trump, Gates, none of them will be out there. None of them will be behind the counter. They won't be there to shake your hand as you as you go into the mall. Somebody that looks like me will be. Somebody that looks like and you. How, and how many hands have the president shaken and the people who, whose hands they were shaking talking about they were infected? And he hadn't. They hadn't said that he was infected. He That's shaking right. hands, and, and these people, oh, he shook, he shook the hand of this person, and then this person tested positive, and and he just standing there like he just got a whole bubble around him. So it's a vaccine somewhere. That's right. Just like it's a vaccine for HIV, but they don't want to let that loose. That's right. Now, now, Kiona, let's go back to the first week of March. When I started consistently doing this every day, remember I said, he's sick. I said it. Look at this man. He's sick. 
I also said, now he might not have Corona, but he's sick. It's something wrong with him. And, and that was the time when his behavior was a little, not that it's not always crazy, but it was at the heightened of over the top. And at that time, nobody else was sick. Nobody else on the staff was showing any signs. Nobody else had any kind of, but now all of a sudden, we hear one, we hear two, we hear three around him, among his staff, have the virus. And just as Keona just said, what changes have we noticed in his behavior since that announcement came out? None. He's shaking every hand. He's acting like there's nothing happening, just like these Black folks that you just described. He's acting like nothing, nothing has happened. He either has the antidote, like Keona just suggested. He either already has the, 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 the solution to, you know, but he, for whatever, absolutely knows something that we don't. And we need to, get, we need to interview these witches that he's working with because he's definitely working with some witches because he's constantly talking about a witch hunt. What does he know about a witch hunt and he's looking forward to Easter? And that was something else I was asked to address. Absolutely, there's witchcraft, there's ritual work, there's spell work that is being done, not just at our level, at the ground level, at the grassroots level, at the, in the community, in, in the popularized sector, but at the higher levels, in the higher echelon of our society, of our culture, this manipulative spell work is and has been done. Now, now, I used to question when I was young, how do you go into another continent who already has their own gods, their, their ancestors, their, their understanding of how the, the world and universe work? How do you then go in and enslave and take over whole regions of that, of that continent without ritual work, without spell work? without something that overrides, overpowers our common sense, our common knowledge, our common awareness. And, and I like to call it the God spell. G-O-D hyphen S-P-E-L-L. It's the God spell. And, and it's often first manipulated through religion, through religion. So the missionaries go in with this great magical book, and somehow they're able to convince you now, after 2,000 or more years of living un undisturbed, they're now able to convince you that not only are you a heathen, and your life is no longer of value, but that if you want to save yourselves, then you need to buy into this book. You need to buy into this practice. Well, I'll see y'all dropping. Bye. Bye. Because I'm speaking truth now. Okay. <laughs> and they use this, this magical book to now take over your mind, your body, your spirit, your understanding of things. How do you come in and, and disrupt 2,000 years or more of understanding in, in 50 years' time? In a hundred years' time, and replace it with something so wicked, 
so evil, so universally uh, disturbing and upsetting and, and culturally destructive. How does that happen without witchcraft? How does that happen without some kind of ill magic? How does that happen without some, some, some manipulation of the powers and the forces that, that are available to us and to everybody? And that spell is still active today with all of this universal knowledge and wisdom and, and access to, to information and books. We now have people who believe just because, don't care that you can disprove it, don't care that there's factual information, just because, just because, and that's a spell, that's a gin, that's a demon, which, which gets you to a place that everybody is telling a lie except you, that every source is, is telling a, 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 dis, a distruth except yours. And yours is only backed up by a magical book. Yours is only backed up by your own collective decision based in faith and trust, but has no worldly foundation anywhere. Anywhere. Oh, and you can't think for yourself. You can't remember. You're not supposed to question. But the magical book says test every spirit. So why does test the word the book says, but then you are told, Oh, you just got to go with it. Well, go. Well, what are you going with? Because the God that they're talking about, and I'm just going to call it out, and I hope you don't use any viewers because of me, but I'm going to call it out. The God that they're serving and who they're describing, they're describing him as the devil, this very devil that is the lie. And then the very devil that they talk about, they're describing this devil as God. Because how is this devil so independent, so so can manifest, can make so many changes, can have a whole kingdom that comes together, but your kingdom is divided, your kingdom is judgmental, your kingdom turn your back on people, your kingdom will throw people in a fiery brimstone, your kingdom are so forgiving of others, but yet they want you to have slaves and, and hearken unto your slaves and be obedient to the slave master, I mean, excuse me, I, uh, who are you really serving? Who are they teaching you to serve? But they don't sound want like you to ask any questions. Sound like witchcraft to me. Sound like witchcraft <laughs> to me. You 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 bow, you accept this this faith, or you die. Or you die. And and if we allow you to live, you will be enslaved. And your children will be enslaved. And the next generations will be enslaved. That's what it sounds like to me. Bye. Bye-bye. That's what it looks like And I got to eat your flesh and drink your blood. Every first Sunday. I got to make a wish when a birthday comes. I got to make a wish and blow out a candle when you tell me that's not witchcraft. Come on now. When we get married, we say vials. We say we get married when we say vials. You don't think that, you don't think that, that commitment, that covenant, you don't think that's witchcraft? You're you're bounding. That's witchcraft. That's that's spells. You're coming under a spell with somebody, but that's not witchcraft. You're celebrating pagan holidays, Wiccan holidays. Oh, it's for the children. Where? What children? Oh, we got this man dressed up in this suit. No, no, because if you study Wiccans, 
Santa is real. This ain't no fake make-believe. You're celebrating a pagan holiday, but you don't want to, you want to say the devil is a lie, is he? Right. Is the devil and, a lie? And then you got to pass the collection plate and hope. That's right. And every Christian holiday, every American holiday is steeped in paganism. Stolen from, borrowed from, and then steeped in paganism. But you got this. I got one this, more thing to say. And they want you to put on long dresses and long skirts. And that's supposed to some kind of way uh, resemble holiness. Long dresses and skirts come up too. It's still garden tools in the church house too. It's still men and deacons looking through dresses from the from the from the stage in the pulpit too. Y'all gonna have to quit playing. Our ancestors suffered, suffered, and had to raise their children, and had to breastfeed their children, and had to do everything for them. And you want to sit there and deny and say you don't even want to wear the very hair to grow out of your scalp? Quit playing. You don't want to wear your fabrics because it don't look right. You don't want to go out there and find out your roots because you would, you'd rather go out for their roots and their roots don't care anything about you and never have. I'm not saying to teach hate. What I'm saying is you got to open your eyes and first go from your blood. Go from, from, from within. And then look without. They, they, they opened it up because enough people didn't drop dead. Enough people didn't die. They said millions were going to die. You say 100,000? Oh, well, let's open back up. Let's give them $1,200 so we can have more people. And, Keon, if you listen to them, that, that's exactly what they said. Well, you all lied. You all told us that millions of people, thousands, thousands of people are going to die, and that didn't happen. So we need to open up so that we can keep our economy going. Now, remember I talked about the cartoon bubble? Okay, let's translate that. Okay, well, only thousands of black people died. Thousands of white people didn't die, so why should we stay closed? Thousands of white people didn't die, so why shouldn't we pick up now? Because after all, I'm not going to be behind the counter anyway. Keona will be. <laughs> I'm not going to be behind the counter anyway, you know, because my Hispanic neighbor will be. That's what they're really saying to you. Don't you get that? Don't you see that? We still kill to live in a society where people can't discern words and what people say from their behavior, from their demonstration. You can say whatever you want to me. It means nothing if your demonstration is something else. It means nothing if your behavior is something else. Don't tell me you love me, you like me, you care about me, and your behavior does not show that. In any way, in any way, <laughs> sometimes I talk about my 30-year-old soulmate slash stalker who I can ignore, and I'm going to get a text. The random text is always going to be negative, always going to be negative. It's always going to start off with an insult. It's always going to start off, you know, in the muck, in the mire of who and what that person is living and existing in every day. And that cannot be hidden. I, I can't tell you all how, how much that cannot be hidden. You, you can learn to quote Bible, quote Quran, quote scripture, quote the Vedas, you know, and, and speak softly, 
But if your behavior is ugly, you ugly. Did, did y'all see the Housewives of Atlanta <laughs> reunion? <laughs> and ugly is to the bone. Ugly yeah, is to the bone. <laughs> okay. I don't Why care would you to tell me? Tell me how was this virus able to get up out of China so fast, but now it's just lingering around here. Lingering, you know, it, but it's, it's gone. Been, it's been suggested, Keona, that not only was the virus created in a, in a lab, but that both the U.S. and China may have been in on it, may have very well been in on it. Um, we know that many products, services, um, are done in other locations of the country, you know, might be owned by an American uh, enterprise. Okay, for instance, YouTube, <laughs> for instance, Google. But if you actually call them, your phone call is in the Philippines. Your phone call is being transferred to India. Your phone call is being transferred somewhere else. So it's not a hard leap for me that this was not only you know created in a lab quite possibly by a china uh, how does the president say it by in china okay <laughs> but also that the us may have very well had some some knowledge of it some awareness of it and, and yeah it made it back awfully quickly now you know what else Keon is being suggested that it was here a lot sooner and was not being documented, was not being recorded, that the virus may have very well been here as early as October, Halloween, November. It blew up in our media January, February, and really the first week of March. It's really the first week of March when everybody sort of collectively took this as serious. But if we go back into February, I had a first cousin die in February. It is still being suggested she may have had COVID-19. Uh, uh, Nylon Tracer, grandmother died in February. Had other family members who ultimately tested positive for COVID died in March. So we don't know how soon this really happened. We, we don't know how soon this, this, at what point this really got out of the gate. I'm one of those people who never get sick. I'm one of those people who never get a cold. I'm one of those people who never got a flu. I was brutally ill all Saints Day. All Saints so sick. Um, I did a haunted house, many of you remember, Halloween night at, at the local motorcycle club uh, here on my street, on Domain Street. Um, and we did a haunted house right there, North Claiborne and Domain. And man, we screamed and hollered. I had a full head latex mask on, you know, lost my voice. I'm hoarse now just from talking loud and, and screaming towards uh, the mic and the camera. So I assume, you know, I, I had been screaming, talking loud. I had that mask on. So you go from hot and cold. Every time they would open the, the garage door, air would come in because it was probably in the 40s that night. So I assume, okay, I got a cold. Okay, I, I was exposed to a bunch of kids Halloween night, and I thought nothing else of it. And we went on first week of November, second week of, of November, and filmed. I did a lot of filming at that time. 
um, major project filming. So I had to get up. I had to, to drink NyQuil. I, I didn't mean to call a brand, but, but cold flu, cold flu, you know, so that I could maintain my schedule. And, and I did. I actually filmed for the Travel Channel during that time and for Nat Geo during that time. And we thought this normal. We thought, okay, this ain't a big deal. And then December, I'm looking at the international news, not the U.S. news. I'm looking at Africa, Asia, Brazil, uh, Central and South America. That's what I'm looking at. And that's when I'm seeing, okay, coronavirus, COVID-19. Our news briefly mentioned it January, briefly mentioned it a little bit February. They didn't kick in until the first week of March. So we don't know for sure. Now you know, now look at this, y'all. Hello, can you hear me? How can I be calling myself right now? <laughs> How could I be calling myself? <laughs> My caller ID says that I'm calling myself right now during the show. So I'm telling y'all, this it's people that want to interrupt this flow. It's people that want to interrupt this platform. There's people that want to keep this information from getting out and, and want to keep you all ignorant. They only want you interested in, 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 in luck spells. How about character spells? How about personality spells? How about changing the very dynamic of your of your trajectory through life so that all is a blessing, so that all is peace and love, so that all is Let's move beyond the simple, petty, selfish, surface nonsense that distracts many of us standing up in the truth and, and speaking the truth. Oh my goodness. I am so grateful for you all. Um, Chef Bougie and Keona D. Carter, our moderator, D Danielle Jackson, P. Anderson. I appreciate each and every one of you for your support, for your love, for your motivation, for your confirmation. Uh, sometimes I'm talking, hey, Queen Reggae. Um, and, and I just think, man, I'm just crazy, you know? And people will treat you like you're just crazy. And people will question, well, why don't you believe and accept what everybody else is saying, what everybody else is buying into, what everybody else is doing? And no true spiritualist, no true psychic, no, no true reader operates that way. Because you got to trust spirit. And you have a record of accountability and trust in spirit. So there are certain things that spirit can say. The spirit can push in my view. I'm not hearing anything else. I'm not preparing for anything else. <laughs> but that, and it don't matter to me in the moment whether I get that outside, worldly, carnal confirmation. I don't care if you understand it. I don't care if you believe it. It would be very beneficial and helpful if, if we do. But I'm not here to talk. Argue you to agree with me. That ain't why I do this show. 
I'm not here to, to argue and debate the, the relative importance of, of what we discuss on this show. It is, it is, and it shows up for those who, who, who acknowledge it, those who pay attention. Otherwise, listen, you ain't got to pay attention. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep watching the news. You'll continue to watch the, the death rates go up and be ignored, you know, because they can't have a whole lot of funerals. Then they, They're not having a whole lot of repast celebrations right now, <laughs> you know. So we'll continue to sort of act like nothing's happening. And, and our communities will continue to be disintegrated. Oracle Treehouse, I see you, beloved. Thank you so much. Oracle Treehouse has been around since. I don't know, 2005. Oracle Treehouse has been around since, since the beginning of my ever even showing up online. So I got a lot of respect for Oracle Treehouse. Uh, she didn't get the beginning of the year. Um, New Year, she stayed home. She went to the ER. They claimed she had the flu. But what got her or made her think it was corona was that she had a cough that they mentioned. Yeah, um, if we look at the symptoms, uh, and, my, and my caller, um, Merlene's daughter, um, Nikki, called in at the beginning of the show, and Nikki works at a health facility. Uh, we don't want to say which one, because I'm not trying to get no legal battle, <laughs> you know, in my city, with um, where I might have to get my own medical care. But um, she works at a facility, and she talked about that, the, the symptoms, every time they mention a new symptom, every time there's a change in symptoms, you know, she feels it, she experiences it, it, it creates worry and anxiety. And as she I mean that, that was my experience from this chair, watching the news. And every time they mention a new symptom, I, I'm checking, well, do I have marks on my feet? You know, can I breathe? Can I hold my breath for longer than seven seconds, you know, I, I tested all those things too. And like she said, your imagination, your spirit will kick in and then you think everything might might be the, the COVID-19. But some of us were absolutely sick in that window of, of mystery that science still can't clarify. So if you were sick you know, earlier in the year, yeah, you're, you're thinking about it. You're, you're questioning it. You're reexamining, okay, what's going on? Yeah, you start to question uh, what's happening, what's going on? Uh, uh, is it real? Uh, and could it be me? And for people like Nikki who have to work in the, in the hospital and, and on the front lines of this, my hat's off. My hat's off. Not much has passed in the last 30 days for us to now go to the open up. And if they're required to wear two coverings, two garments, an extra layer, you know, a PPP in the hospital, y'all crazy if you don't watch your ass. You're crazy if you don't watch your back. You're crazy if you don't look out for your best interests and those of your family and your house and your children and your community. You're crazy if you don't do so. Remember, they still sell cigarettes and alcohol 
and, and white cane sugar. It's available and free for any, you know, pain medication. You know, and it's got that small print. It's got the caution and the warning. But you're allowed to ingest it if you want to. You're free to take it if you want to. Hey, we covered our ad. But we got a warning label on the bottom. So we covered our ad. You can't come back and sue us. You understand that's what's happening right now, right? And so if you're not willing to read that small print, if you're not willing to pay attention right now, that may be you. That may be your mama, your grandmama, your grandfather, your grandpapa, your sister, your brother, or your child. That, that may very well be you right now in the midst of this pandemic. Remember, my phone lines are open at area code 845-277-9143. Keona, I see you, beloved. Let me unmute you. Your mic is open. Press that number one when you're ready with your question, comment, or request, and I'll bring you into the conversation. I thought I was oh. on mute. <laughs> no, you're not on mute. You open. Did you have this something you wanted to say? Yeah, this is it is. Mess. It is. And there's still no clarity. There's still no order to it. it, it science still has not caught up with it. And, and now it's open up the country. Go, go right on ahead. What is China doing? How open is China? How open is Italy? Oh, back to business as usual for them. Yeah, to some degree. China ain't back to business as usual. And remember, China is the, is the, is the queen of misinformation. They're, they're only going to tell you but so much anyway. Remember, China, as, as recently as a month ago, said they only had a, a, a few hundred people die of this virus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they opened up China Disneyland and they put that on TV. But you ain't seen no opening in China. You ain't seen nobody shopping and, and moving around in, in China. And I check, beloved, Kim, I check for that every day. I do. I go to Al Jazeera and, and, and many of the other outlets that have some access to Asian media. That's not happening. That's not happening. And I look at places like Nigeria. I just posted a, 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 a Nigeria yesterday. That's a major, major, major shutdown happening in, in Nigeria right now. And so when we think about people of color, black people, the globe, how this is showing up in, in other arenas of the world, man, this, this is major. This is major. And, and so we're still not handling this well in the U.S. But Obama tried to tell you that yesterday. We're still not handling this, you know, with any level of professionalism or expertise, if you will, uh, under the leadership that, that's governing us and this pandemic at this time. And so you all are putting yourselves at grave risk to be the experiment. I posted yesterday um, updates, the latest COVID-19 statistics from African countries. As a post, it says quarantine, uh, coronavirus playlist, 
COVID-19 playlist at the top. It has many of my tags at the top. But below it, it has a colorized map. White, yellow, gold, red colors denoting the, the footprint of coronavirus on the continent in, in Africa. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So you all have got to pay better attention. You have got to be erudite. You've got to be wise. You've got to be prudent. Alarm bells as COVID-19 cripples Nigerian poultry and fish farming. Cripples it. Cripples it. Now, we as Americans, we, we listen, we think we have an unlimited supply. We think we are invincible. We think that, you know, if anybody's going to suffer, it's going to be the third world country and not us. And, and, and if you're still thinking that way in 2020, you're deluded. You're, you're deluded. Uh, America is a third world country. Cuba is, is wealthier than, than the U.S. <laughs> okay, Cuba. So we are a third world country. We are a third world country. And we're just a week out, two weeks out from not only being homeless, but having our food supply literally shut down. But we just experienced that with toilet paper. We just experienced that with eggs and milk and dairy products. And it's now just beginning to show up uh, as it relates to meat. We, we've been warned about meat shortages and meat being more expensive and meat uh, um, industry being shut down by, by COVID-19. So we, we've got to be better. We got to do better, y'all. We got to do better. My phone lines are open at area code 845-277-9143. I appreciate your presence. I appreciate your participation. I appreciate your questions, comments, and requests. Do press the number one on your telephone keypad at 845-277-9143. I'm more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. I'm also grateful for the active participation from the chat room, uh, Facebook, and YouTube, my uh, Instagram, Periscope. Thank you so much. Instagram stopped at the top of the hour, and it's very hard to reload it on while you're broadcasting. So I'm only going to be able to do an hour of Instagram every day. But I appreciate everyone else who's present, who's here with us. Um, I invite your capitalized questions, comments, requests, in the chat room. I appreciate you uh, following the link and joining us here live on air. If indeed you seek a reading, a consultation, I'll be more than happy to assist you with that. Um, otherwise, I will be moving forward momentarily. Area code 612, thank you so much for being online with us. Who's calling 612 and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Berlin. I'm mm -hmm. calling from New Orleans. You hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Just speak a little bit. Thank okay. you for calling in. Um, I was um, wondering if you had any insight on um, things to mentally prepare. If you've been like low on income, like recently, things that you can do mentally to just open up and like let go of like a scarcity mindset. You know what I mean? 
Okay, I, I missed the very last part. So open up what kind of mindset? Like let go of a um scarcity mindset and open up yourself to more um prosperity. Okay. Thank you for that. Um I got you now. That that's a great question. Um and at the same time that you were saying that, um, Chef Bougie said people better get used to eating one meal a day because things are going to get real, and we have no idea what's in store for us. Now, at the, at, at the one hand, you're hearing food surges. You're hearing emergencies. You're hearing catastrophe and, and calamity. At the other end, how do we develop a prosperity mindset? How do we develop the, the mind and and keep our hands open to receive from spirit. So that's what I'm hearing Sterling ask. And, and so that's why I say that's a great question. That's a great way to look at this. First, you have to be grateful for what you have, grateful for what you already possess. And there are too many among us, Sterling, who aren't grateful, who every day their hunger, their thirst for wealth for a greater economy, for more money, for a better way of living, overrides their ability to see and acknowledge what they already have. And particularly here in the West, particularly in the Western hemisphere, because when we look at the quote unquote third world country and, and we say, oh, wow, we're so blessed I can order Uber. Oh, wow, we're so blessed. I can have a pizza delivered to my house. Oh, we're so blessed. You know, I can have just five gallon jugs of water delivered to my house, you know, weekly or bi-weekly, even though I have an open tap, you know, with, with water flowing in from, 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 from the, the city or the municipality. So we first, as Westerners, already have this sort of mindset that makes too much room for greed gluttony, excess, um, and, and the lack of value and humility for what we already have. So there are many of us under the sound of my voice. You might not have what you want today. You might not have what you need right now. But be grateful for what you do have. Be grateful that you aren't at the bottom, on the bottom, Understand, acknowledge that there is a bottom deeper than where you are right now. Things could be worse than where you are right now. So that's the first thing, Sterling, that people have to develop in growing a prosperity mindset. Now, now when I look at my wealthier friends and discuss things with my, my rich friends, they don't talk rich. They don't talk wealthy. They talk like they're poor. They're frequent to say, oh, I can't afford that. I don't have money for that. Oh, I've got to come up with resources for that. These are people that I know have a bank account. These are people that I know have more than $3,000 in their savings account. These are people that I already know own their house, own their car, not lease, not still owe money on, own their car. And, and yet, these people commonly say, I can't afford it. I can't spend money for that. Th that's too much. 
I've got a budget for. It is those of us often in the poverty mindset that need. And so we feel that F-I-L-L with buying stuff, needless and unnecessary. The gold chain and designer clothes and I got to get my hair did and I got to get my nails did. We try and appease that sense of, of not having by buying stuff to satiate us in the moment, to satiate us in the moment. And we're not looking at long-term. Something I had to learn early on was what's a value? If it ain't food, if it ain't housing, if it ain't medical, of what priority of value is it really? And, and I noticed that the poorer you are, the more likely you are to buy things, spend money on things that lose their value the minute they leave the shelf. The minute they come out the store, they have no value. Whereas wealthier people like to invest in things of value, like to invest in something that's going to grow, something that's going to have a value not just today, but then tomorrow, and quite possibly have a value that I can pass on pass down to the next person, to the next generation, if you will. So Sterling, we got to change first our sense of value. What's important? What's necessary? What's a priority? And then be grateful for what you already have, for what you're not struggling for, for what you already possess in the moment while still being able to keep your hands open. How many of you walk over that penny? <laughs> How many of you would walk over that quarter on the sidewalk? How many of you think your loose change is irrelevant? How many of you think all these single bills are ir irrelevant? I'm, I'm only focusing on the big dollar, the, the big bill, the big check. That's not a wealth mindset. That's not a prosperity mindset. Uh, my friends, and I've got friends <laughs> who have the most, think they're the poorest people in, in, in the group. My friends who have something think they have nothing, think that, think that they got to make and struggle for each day. And when I look at the business owner, the proprietor, the, the vendor, they have that kind of thirst. Tomorrow, yesterday is gone. Right now, it's temporary. <laughs> Tomorrow ain't here. And I've got to do now to protect today and tomorrow. That's the mindset that my vending friends have. That's the mindset that my friends have their own store, brick and mortar, their own restaurant. That's the mindset they have. They don't have a mindset that I'm rich, I'm doing well, let me sit back and drink this champagne, let me fan this money out on my Instagram. They're doing that. They're not doing that. And they're laying up seed foundation for not just today, but for the future. So one of the things that I had to adjust even was how I shop, Sterling. Not buying things that lose their value the minute they come off the shelf. Does this have value? Can I eat it? Is it going to shelter me from the storm? Is it medical? And if it's not that, value you have and how much value will have tomorrow. 
or the day after, or next week. And let's get in a bind. This is how I used to think as, as a vendor. And if I get in a bind, can I sell? I stuck with it. I, I had to change my mindset about what I bought, what I spent, what I invested in. Um, I have um, a niece who's a coupon queen. <laughs> Leah is a coupon queen. Leah is boss daughter. $5, $10, and come home with $200 worth of groceries. $300 worth of groceries, you know? And so there's a mindset with that. I only shop wholesale. I only shop in bulk. I don't believe in buying the one or two items, especially as a single person. Single people spend a whole lot more money than families, than married couples. And it's built into the system. We pay higher taxes. And we spend more at the at the store or at the pump. Food items are not packaged for one person, two people. Food items are often packaged for four, six, eight, et cetera, for families. So if you're trying to buy and only shop for today, only shop for today and tomorrow, as a single person, you're often wasting. You're often buying more than, than quote, unquote, you might need of a particular item. So I had to change my mindset about wholesale, you know, coffee, peanut butter, wholesale, you know, as opposed to your produce, for instance, which you might eat in a day, two days. You know, you, you don't want to buy what you can't freeze. You don't want to buy what you might, can't juice. You don't want to buy what you might end up throwing away. So I really had changed, Sterling, and many of us had, as Americans, how we view money, how we view accept, how we view uh, not having. How often do you hear, you know, I'm starving? I don't know Americans who are starving. I just don't. There are few Americans who are starving. This ain't Cambodia. This ain't India. I know Americans who are getting two, $300 in food stamps. So we've got to change how we count value, what's of value, what value looks like. <laughs> Some of you are judging people who ain't got a car. I ain't got no car. I'll be 54 years old this year. I have never owned a car, never. And, I, and most of my life I've lived in the city, New York City, Washington, D.C., Chicago, Los Angeles, you got light rail, you got subway, you got public transportation, you know, you got the bus, you know, you got the trolley, you, you got what's free, you got what costs a dollar. I've never owned a car. Would, would love to have a car, but until I'm blessed to do so, I won't have one. And then once the ownership comes, the insurance, the repair, the upkeep, the maintenance, the cost of gas, the cost of oil. We, we aren't taught how to count in this country. Our math skills are lacking compared to your Asian counterparts, your Germanic counterparts. Uh, our, our math skills are, are, are lacking. Um, Chef Bougie goes further to say, unfortunately, a lot of these business owners set up their businesses to make money off of underpaying their employees. 
that mindset has to go. We all need to be paid for our proper value. And I absolutely agree. These, these restaurants are reopening. These stores are reopening. And these waiters, waitresses, front desk people, counter people are making minimum wage. And in some cases, they're getting that $2 bump that my, you know, that my cousin talked about at the beginning of the show. Yeah, Merlene and her daughter, Nikki, are my cousins. Uh, she talked about it early in the top of the show. But she only gets the $2 if she goes into that room. Some of these businesses, restaurants, it was on the news. They're already talking about ending that $2. They don't think you deserve hazard pay. They don't think you deserve extra for being on the front line to be exposed to this disease. Yeah, a lot of these business people are protesting. And I said that, uh, Chef Bougie, these protesters are not broke. Protesters are not grassroots people. These protesters are not poverty-stricken. These protesters are not your neighbors and friends. And, and, and if they are, they're being manipulated like puppets by the documented money groups, organizations that are behind these protests. And so as Chef Bougie just noted, these business people ain't broke. These business people got resources. These business people have a choice to stay home got a choice to go back to their suburban cottages. They have a choice. It's their minimum wage workers. It's their frontline workers who are going to be out there exposed to the virus, exposed to the energy, ex exposed to the sickness and, and the disease. Thank you, Chef Bougie. You always have powerful, important, pertinent, pertinent, um, responses to the topic. I dropped my phone. I appreciate you. Thank you, um, Guinevere Reed. Thank you also for being present and, and active in the chat. We certainly uh, appreciate you as well. Uh, my phone lines are still open. Uh, everybody's muted. Forgive me for that. Uh, Keona, yeah. your mic is open. Sterling, your mic is still open. If you have questions, comments at this point, um, it is almost nearing that time where you will not be able to get in on the phone line. So if you indeed have a question, comment, or request, please dial in right now to area code 845-277-9143, toll-free 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, or request, do press the number one I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic and bring you into the conversation. Sterling, we can hear you. Did, did you have a question or comment? Thank oh, you. He muted. Okay. I it's okay. Okay, hold on, because I just muted you, and it's going to take a second for the system to uh, mute you, unmute you again. Okay, there you go. Come on back in, Sterling. What's the question? Okay, so I was wondering if you could um, share a little insight on, um, like, being queer and um, existing. Because what, what this is rooted from is, um, you know, people consider, like, being queer 
normal to assume um, due to the fact that um, surely I can surely I can barely hear you and I can't hear your question at all. Oh dang! Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Um, I was wondering if you could shed a little insight about um, queer people and um, them existing throughout history, because I know that some people consider... Um, I love it. I'm not hearing your question. I, I keep hearing you uh, say, I got a question, and then you start in, and then you go into your opinion. And as soon as you go into your opinion, we can't hear you. It's like you're muffling the mic or something. So I need you to speak up, Sterling. I'm begging you every day to speak up and to prove your sound quality because we can't hear you. And I would love to respond to your question, but I'm not hearing it. Um, so I was wondering if you could shed a little insight on um, queerness existing throughout history and basically like validating because, you know, some people consider queerness to be a man tail. To be a what? To be laying down? Oh, no. I, Sterling, I'm, beloved, I'm sorry. I, I just can't do it. You call in every day, and me and Keona beg you every day to speak up and improve your sound quality. And, and you often have very useful, important stuff to say. But we got to beg you every day to make yourself heard. And I hear you saying, I have a question. I want you to respond to, but then I hear because I, and there are, and then it goes muffled because I, and then it goes muffled and we're not hearing you at all. Okay. And it's not personal. I want to respond to your question, but if I can't hear you, and I got to spend 10 minutes begging you to improve your phone or speak up. It becomes a distraction to the show. So fix your mic, fix your phone. What is it that we can't hear you when you're talking on air? But I need you to get clear. I need you to get clear. And then I'll be happy to respond to your question. Um, Erico 305, um, you're with me. If you had a question, please press the number one. I'll be more than happy to unmute your mic. Sterling, I'm going to try and come back to you, but beloved, if you can't be heard, I'm going to mute you and I'm going to move on, okay? Now, what is your question, beloved? You see how I'm leaning into the screen? That's because I can't hear you. What is your question? My question is, um, can you provide a little insight on queer people existing throughout um, ancient times? Because there is a stigma towards um, people that are not heterosexual, that they're living unnaturally, in a sense, because of the fact that they're able to reproduce. So he's asking about, so you're asking about, um, same-sex relationships and how and and you want to know the history of it because I got the headphone I have on I have them both pressed into my ear and I honestly can't understand you Sterling and I know what you and you have a very valid point and I heard you use the term queer I don't understand what that is I don't understand what that is as a homosexual 
almost 60 years old. I don't know what that is. That that don't include me. And, and I don't even know what that word means. But when I see that word, when I hear that word, and I see it being used in society, it never looks like me. It's never about me. It's never about people in my community. It's never about black and, and, and lesbian, gay and people of color that I'm exposed to, that I, that I know something about. So it's a, it's a political term that I don't even understand. Um, also, it's, it's a political terminology that I often see used leverage against the needs of people of color. So, so it's often pitted queer people against people of color. Queer people's needs against the needs of people of color's needs. And, and, and it's some kind of the war, it's, it's some kind of battle that I can't even port, point to a beginning for. Who are these supposed queer people and who are they representing? I can point to a beginning because they bred us. They used to breed us. So when they talk about same-sex relationships, of course they don't want that because how are they going to be able to sell you on the auction block? How? There's no such thing as gender. We're energy. So when people need to get off that, oh, you can't be a part of this religion because of your sexual preference or, well, what sexual preference is that? Yeah, oh, that's because something. you're going off of the Bible. Oh, you're going off the Bible, but you're Apollo Mayambe. No. You're going to have to pick a side. You can't judge people because the very people that you're judging will be the very ones that get that gin up off you. The very ones that get that demon up off you. Be the very ones that will take you in let you take a shower and let you rest your head. But the same people that's, that's quoting these scriptures will pray for you and tell you how good God has been to them and walk right past you and leave you for dead. People got to get off and that's my opinion about the queer community because um, ain't nobody queer ever did anything for me, ever reached out to me, ever acknowledged my humanity. Um, so I don't get that. And, and, and now when I say gay, when they homeless, they're in need, they hanging out in the French Quarter and ain't got nowhere to go and, and no connection to services, Sterling, they knock at my door. <laughs> 18, 19, 20, they knock at my door. But I can't go to the to the queer community and get anything, get any kind of acknowledgement, get any kind of respect. And, and when I see the the queer festival, when I see the 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 the, the, the queer pride parade, I don't see nobody that looks like me. I don't see nobody that represent me. And, and, and people, if I try to communicate with them, they ain't got no time for me. So, so I need you to get, uh, I need you to clarify that. <laughs> and I need you to, to, to clarify for me who these people are and why I should make that a part of my platform. If you notice, I've never waved a rainbow flag. 
I've never set out to do a gay broadcast. Like like Keona just said, what's gender, really? I set out to do a spiritual, religion-based podcast. Whether I'm gay or not, whether my listener was gay or not, has never been a part of my issue, ever been a part of it. But the minute that it does become a part of it, we have to answer these questions that I just asked you. Who are queer people? Who are they? Because I don't understand that. I'll be 54, homosexual. I don't understand what queer means. I don't know what that means. And, and, and I don't know who in my community that includes, because I don't see that in my community. You understand what I'm saying? And so until I can get the same level of respect you know, from the, from the gay organization, until I can get the same level of acknowledgement from the gay organization as I get from the straight organization or the organization that don't give a care of what my gender is, then I might be able to understand that thinking. You know, I grew up in the church. Oh, that's all I saw was gay people. I, I never heard queer, but that's all I saw was, was gay people in the church. That's who held the choir together. That's who held the usher board together. That was who, you know, was on the piano, you know, and, and on the organ. And I saw their humanity not acknowledged, not acknowledged. I didn't know anything about a unified gay community until I was a teenage runaway in Hollywood back in 86. And that's when I first even became aware of the quote unquote rainbow community. But just as soon as I became aware of it, I also just as soon developed the understanding that it wasn't me. They were talking about me. They didn't care about me. They weren't talking about me. They were talking about white people and, and people who are marrying into white people, who are having relationships with white people. This ain't about biracial relationships. This is about marrying into white culture. Because I wasn't seeing the, the reverse. I wasn't seeing the marrying into black culture. Wasn't seeing that. Wasn't seeing the marrying into my culture. Still not seeing that. I'm only seeing the acceptance into the culture dynamic that's set up and established by white supremacy, especially in the gay community, especially gay people are far more racist and white supremacist towards me than quote unquote regular folk, than quote unquote straight folk, than quote unquote heterosexual folk. Uh, so, Bruh, oh, that was a, that's a great topic, but man, you got to say more, and <laughs> you got to get a mic, <laughs> you know, that we can hear you, so you can speak power to this. Uh, because when I hear gay community, you're not talking about me. You, I'm not nearly athletic enough. I'm not nearly thug enough. I, I'm not nearly superhuman enough to be acknowledged in that community. When I look at the propaganda, the, the magazines, the publications, 
All I'm seeing is a cartoon version of, of me <laughs> with, with supersized biceps and, and, and a penis that's 20 feet long. I'm not seeing black folks. I'm not seeing Hispanic folks. I'm not seeing regular people of color. I'm not seeing the folks that I live and breathe and deal with each and every day who are in same-sex relationship. I'm not seeing that being, I'm not seeing no flag being waved to that. I'm not seeing them come out when we get shot down by the police. I'm not seeing them come out and, and defend and protect right now <laughs> when many of these people are out of work. <laughs> many of these people have no income. I'm not, where are they? Where are they? I, I'm, ooh, beloved, you got to help me with that. And I am controversial in that because some of you all want to judge me, want to label me, want to mark me as the gay guy. And it's, and it's very few gay things about me as a voodoo practitioner, other than the fact that I am wired chemically and biologically for men. I'm celibate. I'm not dating. I can't find a man that's even on my level right now, but that matters to you, not to you, Sterling, but the people listening to us, that matters to you, just like Sterling says, that I'm the gay voodoo priest. That matters to you. <laughs> it don't matter to me, and, and it's not showing up for me in any real way. So I know it's confusing. I know I sound almost anti-gay to be homosexual. But gay people ain't never did anything for me. P gay people don't acknowledge me. Gay people don't support me. Gay people aren't clicking like and following, you know, and subscribing to this channel the way you would to foolishness. I got wigs. I got blonde. Do I need to put on a wig? Do I need to put on cover girl? Do, do I need to have my breasts enhanced? to be acknowledged, you know, in the quote unquote, and, and now we're saying LGBTQ, X, Y, Z, we trying to be all inclusive, you know, by bisexual people. And okay, but you won't even acknowledge the films, the butch, <laughs> the sissy, and you, you won't even acknowledge them. I'm talking to gay people right now. I'm talking to queer people right now. You won't even acknowledge them. All I've got to do is go to your social sites. All I've got to do is go to your, your for play sites. You, you acknowledge nobody like me. So I get real confused, Sterling. I get real confused when those terms get thrown around. I get confused when gay is said, because I, I acknowledge my homosexual. I see gay as, as many of you do, as a lifestyle. So, so that's confusing to me. My lifestyle is spiritual. My lifestyle is voodoo. My lifestyle is African. And, and, and my sexual chemical identity is homosexuality. So I'm confused by the, the word play. I'm confused by the politics associated with it. 
Sheree, we don't even know if it has to do with speakerphone. Um, I think it has something to do with a headset he's using. I, I don't know, but Sterling, you, you, we got to do better, boo. Uh, Keona, I see your red question mark. Okay, let's see. I'm trying to find the question associated. Is there a spiritual significance? I can't get the questions to show up. I know it's there. Uh, Banga, there it is. Is there a spiritual significance to a parent dying on their child necessarily? Now, it could speak to a soulmate connection between the parent and the child. And what I mean by that is, in a past life, the child may have been the parent. In a past life, the parent may have been the child. The relationships may have been reversed. Um, in a past life, they may have been siblings even. So right now, as an empath, there's a soulmate level connection there between these two. So the birth date and the transitioning on the birth date is a sign, is a symbol. Is, is, is a is an outward representation of something that's happening at a deeper realm. So yes, there, there's a significance. It's not just because of the transition on the date. It has to be tied back to something deeper. And so I'm telling you now, I'm giving you the read on that now, Cubanga. Um, there's a soulmate tie. There's a soulmate relationship between the parent and the child that's being referenced right now. And so that's why that's being repeated. Confirmation, you, you, you'll see that date, that birth date be repeated again within that family dynamic. And so the, the person that's pregnant now or soon to come Y'all need to keep an eye out on that morality, on that math, if you will. There's a soulmate level connection there that has to be acknowledged, that has to be um, paid attention to. And that's where the truth about that, why that's happening, um, will stand for Thank you all for your, for your responses. Listen, I'm just speaking the truth. <laughs> I'm just speaking the truth. I'm saying some things right now that I've never had the opportunity to say. Um, I'm speaking to some things. Thank you, Sterling. <laughs> some things that many of you have wanted me to say. Um, I don't do a gay show. I never have. I love T.S. Madison. I love Lonnie Love. There are many more out there. Love them. And their platform is primarily gay. Whether they're talking about politics, whether, they, whether they're trying to talk about spirituality and religion, whether they're trying to come at the, the, the issues of the day, the platforms are primarily gay. It's about sex, it's about penis, vagina, breast, butt, it's how to shake it, how to twerk it, how to throw it up. That is their platform, and that's okay. Love them. My platform since day one, 2005, 
Uh, I got witnesses right here in this room. Okay. <laughs> uh, where's my psychic reader? Um, beloved, my memory ain't good when I'm talking. I'm live on air. So I, I have to see it. Okay, there we go. Oracle Treehouse. <laughs> Oracle Treehouse is a witness. Oracle Treehouse been around since Yahoo 360, 2005, Hurricane Katrina, when I first came online. Oracle Treehouse is a witness. will tell you, I've never done a gay show, ever. It's never been my platform. It's never been my raison d'etre. It's never been my motivation going into a show or coming out of a show, ever. Oracle Treehouse can tell you that. I've done spirituality and religion since day one that I showed up on the internet. I'm not in nobody's closet. Open your eyes. I ain't in nobody's closet. I'm not seeking to hide. I'm not seeking to put that on, on the low. That ain't been my focus. That ain't been my point. That has not been the, 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 the foundation for which I have done my show. And if anybody asks me about being gay, I'm a homosexual. You, you got it on, on tape, copy and paste it. But that's not why I'm here. I'm here to teach spirituality and religion, period. Period. And I don't care if you're black, white, red, yellow, gay, straight. I'm here to teach spirituality and religion 100%. From, from that platform, that's it. That's it. Now, when I'm asked to speak to it, Sterling asked me to speak to it. I don't know what queer means. I'm not being shady. I, as a 53, almost 54-year-old, I have homosexual, I have no idea what queer means. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea who it represents. And when I look at the overall quote unquote gay community, they don't give a fuck about me. They don't care nothing about black people unless you care about them and their interests. They don't care about Hispanic people unless you care about them and their interests. Thank you, Kiona, period. <laughs> they don't care. They, don't, they do not care. And it's been demonstrated over and over again. The, 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 the HIV crisis was about black people, was about people of color. We didn't get no response until it became a white issue, until Ryan White came along. And, and, and now it's a, can we all get along? Now it's a, can we reach out to the community? And even in that, even in that, services, money, what's available went primarily to the white community, primarily to the gay, to the queer community. It did not go to the grassroots community, it did not go to the black community, the, 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 the poor white community, the Hispanic community never made a trickle down. And, and if you enter into their system, you either bow down and surrender what you believe, what you know, what you understand, or you get nothing. I got too many clients. 
I got too many godchildren. I got too many ears to the ground. Not just my own. Not just my own. I got too many celebrity clients. I got too many politically involved clients. I got too many attorney clients. I got too many social workers and teachers that are clients. Too many nurses and, and hospital workers. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Some of us ain't gonna never get no stimulus. I ain't got no stimulus check. And, and, and let me be clear, don't expect one either. Don't care either because the ancestors got me <laughs> the low wine Eurisha got me I, I don't care whether i get it or not i'm just being clear about the truth that's all i, I miss queenie farmer this, this is the kind of stuff queenie farmer truth terrorist used to talk about on her show remember tasha queenie farmer wasn't homophobic Queenie Farmer loved me, and I could pick up the phone and call Queenie Farmer anytime I wanted to. But she spoke just like I spoke. She spoke just like I speak now. Where's the proof? Where are the footprints? Where's the can we all get along? Where's the it's all about diversity? And, and, and when I am confronted with that issue of queer acceptance, queer visibility um they have a greater footprint in the media than i do they got tv shows movies programming they're hosting shows they're in reality tv where am i where's people that look like me where's people that represent my demographic i'm still waiting on my reality tv show what's the hold up I know how bad y'all want to do a voodoo, spiritual, psychic, reality show out of New Orleans. Where y'all at? Ain't nobody ring my phone. Okay. <laughs> oh, so I, I don't. Oh, man. Thank you, uh, Raina Love. Raina Love says she's been following since 2015. Um, I know. Oracle Treehouse been with me since 2005. So yeah, just just check my record. I know some of y'all are new and, and you ain't prepared to go back and listen to 12 years of my blog talk radio archives, <laughs> you know, but I've been around. I didn't just fall off the turn, turn up truck yesterday. I, I didn't just begin this journey yesterday. I've been here, been here, been here been here even before 2005 before i was internet savvy i was real in the world people knew who i was people knew my name chicago new york california <laughs> as a teenage runaway i had the opportunity to live everywhere i've lived in miami i've lived in fort lauderdale i lived in los angeles i lived in pasadena california I've lived in Chicago, North Side, South Side, West Side, pick a side. Grew up in D.C., Maryland, Virginia. Lived in New York City. Love Manhattan. Okay, I, I've, I've done it all. Milwaukee, lived there. Still got sister, uh, in-laws, nieces, nephews. Still got them there. Been there, been there, done that. Mississippi, been there. Lived in Jackson, been there. Texas, 
been there. <laughs> been there, y'all. I'm not giving y'all no fantasies. I'm not making up stories. This is my life. There was a time in my life where I didn't stay anywhere 90 days. 90 days and I was moving on to the next location. I was moving on to the next spot. I was moving on to the next point of opportunity. It was only 30-something years ago <laughs> that I visited New Orleans, decided to stay in New Orleans, and then over the course of a five-year period leading up to uh, 2000, settled here permanently without a need to have to go back and get my stuff or, or, or the rest of my clothing or the rest of my furniture. And, and save for Hurricane Katrina, been here. Been here doing the work, been here representing, been here teaching the truth, you know, and, and, and y'all don't have to like it. Y'all don't have to care. Y'all don't have to love me. Y'all don't have to support me. I, I've been there, been there, done that, been up, been down, been through. Oracle Treehouse will tell you, I still show up, still show up. Next day, I'm here. The next opportunity, I'm here. And she and I have seen many come and go. We ain't going to start calling off no names, Oracle Treehouse. But she and I have seen many come and go. Many who show up and they're going to be magical and they're going to be witches and they're going to be psychics and they're going to be tarot masters and they're going to be voodoo masters. Oracle Treehouse and I, Reign of Love and I, we have seen many of y'all come and go. Come and go. And we know you by name. I, I don't want to get personal. We know you by name, and we've seen you come and go. We've seen you transform, show up as one thing, disappear, come back as something else, disappear. Oracle Treehouse has been consistent. Oracle Treehouse. <laughs> Divine Prince has been consistent. Divine Prince, House of Divine Prince has been consistent. You know, and we're doing our work. We're putting in time. You know, so we've seen the come and go. We've seen it. We know what it looked like. You know, we know this is a game for some of y'all. We know this is just some economic opportunity for some of y'all. This is about spirituality and religion for us. This is about living and speaking and walking in truth for us. This is about salvation for us. Saving our lives, saving our ass, saving our people. From, from the calamity that is white supremacy, from, from the calamities of life, we real about this. I don't care if YouTube dissolves tomorrow. I don't care. I'll be broadcasting on the next service the next day. I don't care if, if Facebook gives up tomorrow. We'll all relocate to Twitter or, or, or wherever else we got to go the next day. Me and Orca Treehouse saw it happen. Okay. They killed Yahoo 360 at the height of Yahoo 360. When we all were just loving Yahoo 360 and killed it. And we chose to regather somewhere else. Wherever the somewhere else was, was available at the time. And many of those platforms, Ning, N-I-N-G, didn't survive. MySpace sort of didn't survive, 
you know, remade themselves. Now they're mostly a radio music-like station. And there were many other platforms. Word, uh, what is it, WordPress didn't survive or got pushed to the background. And, and people like she and I keep rising, keep standing, keep being consistent, keep telling the truth. <laughs> yeah, remember back in the day? <laughs> and it's funny to say it now, like, wow, back in the day. But yeah, those 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 sites is like the f Black Voices. Thank you, Raina Love. <laughs> remember Black Voices? And it was all the rage and it was all the talk. And if you weren't on Black Voices and if you weren't getting a huge father, you wasn't nobody. You know, and that's what they try to make you feel on all these sites. Right now, it's Instagram. And if you're not running 20,000 followers on Instagram, they want you to feel like you're not important. And they've got systems in place in Instagram. Yeah, I'm saying it to keep people like me down, to keep others who obviously have a high following, to keep them now from getting a blue dot, to keep them now from moving forward. You know, in, in a public platform, because at the end of the day, there's money attached to this. Know this, that all of this, right now I'm pointing at the computer, I'm pointing at the internet, I'm, I'm pointing at the browser, I'm pointing at every social media site I got open. It's money attached to this. And so your popularity, your makes Yahoo money, makes Facebook money, makes Twitter money, makes Instagram money. But the minute you figure that out for yourself, the minute you figure out how to corral some of that traffic in for yourself, that's when you start finding problems. That's when the technical glitches start. That's when these sites start shutting down. That's when they start questioning your identity and your profile and taking you through all kind of hoops and jumps and changes. Because at the end of the day, this binary system that we are all involved in called the internet, which is derived from ephod divination too, by the way, for those of you who've never heard me say that before. The same binary system that we use in this far, in this far, ephod, divination system same binary system that we use here is controlling your computer it's running your internet and so there's always the opportunity for us at the grassroots level to figure out the algorithm and when that happens you gain followers you gain popularity people see your post people are paying attention to your post but if you're not careful they will totally screw you over, totally. And I'm online enough to pay attention. Thank you, um, Lynette G. I'm online enough to pay attention. I uploaded two videos to YouTube last night, scheduled videos. And within the course of me scheduling those videos and then going to my page to look at them, they had likes. Like, thumbs up. Now, you might say, oh, thumbs up. That's great. But how do I get two 
three, four, thumbs up. If my post ain't visible, if my post is being scheduled to air at midnight or after midnight, who thumbs up those videos? The moderators, the people who are running YouTube, the people who are running Instagram globally. Who else could thumb up the videos? So, so I know, I know it's a manipulation behind things. I know it. I'm too well connected. Yes, uh, uh, Raina Love, they are demonizing channels now. Not just because you say Corona <laughs> or the coronavirus, but like Raina Love said, but, but because you're featuring certain content and certain subject matter. Do y'all know almost every, thank you, Kiona. She's been around since 2016. Almost every video that we do here live gets challenged. Everyone, everyone. We said something somebody didn't like. We're posting a subject matter somebody didn't like. And, and, and of course, YouTube, generally speaking, approves them after I go back and challenge them. But somebody, some, somewhere, <laughs> I know who and what, that's what they do. They try to block, try to stop, try to limit your exposure, try to limit how many people see and, and hear what's being said. And we are too quick, too quick and too easy, just like the TV commercial. I describe it just like your TV advertisement, whether it be your typical 30-second spot. I, I had to look and see what's on TV. <laughs> whether it be your typical 30-second spot or, or whether I'm talking about, you know, your immersion. They are all designed <laughs> to trap you, to capture you, to pull at your lowest common denominator. To, to, to meet you at your flesh, to meet you where you are in your emotions, to meet you at your weakest point, and then get you to spend money or, or then get you to buy into. Some of you all, you know, with the whole political thing and the red and the blue, and, the, and the, you all think that's just about politics, but that's about money. That's about money. And so watch who sells your commercials. Or it could be your magic pot, your magic cooker, your magic mix and blend, well, whatever it is. But pay attention to who's selling, who's advertising, who's marketing, whose names are being attached to, and then pay attention to that liberal, conservative, Democrat, red and blue nonsense that, that we're seeing on TV every day. Divine self-healing, I see you. A comment and a like from a channel with no videos <laughs> and thousands of followers, but, but people are commenting and clicking and posting. Yeah, it's those moderators. And often they are not in the country. Often they are not in the U.S. Because I'm quick to ask, hello, what where are you right now? What country are you in? State are you in? So I used to be a bill collector. Whoop. 
Did I say that live on air? Yeah. I used to work for CCC. I used to be a bill collector. I used to be a telephone marketer. I used to be a telephone research uh, uh, operator. I know how this works. So the minute y'all, where are you calling from, beloved? Uh, 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 oh, they get the hemming and hawing. Oh, well, we're not a, okay, what state are you in? What region are you in? You gotta press them on it. Try it, Walmart, Walgreens, try it. Ask them, where are you? Ask them, where are you located before you get into your, your call? And, and uh, <coughs> they get to hemming and hawing. And then some of them, oh, well, I'm in Philippines. I'm into India. Oh, they'll tell you if you press them. They'll tell you. They don't care about you. They're interested in you. Their interest is in keeping their check, not getting fired, making sure that they can feed their family. And for them, that's a lot of money in the Philippines. That's a lot of money in Mexico. That's a lot of money in a lot of other countries. You know, so they're going to do what you would do, play along to keep your job. They're going to do what what these workers now are going to do, play along to keep your job, pay along to pay your rent, play along to keep your life. Expect you to be erudite. Don't expect you to have any sense. They don't expect you to be knowledgeable. They don't expect you to be aware. <laughs> they don't expect you to have a comment, you know, or, 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 or an opinion about anything. You're supposed to just go along. You know, I'm still waiting on my Walmart call, phone call, by the way. That might have been that 120 call that came back as my own phone number. I don't know. But I appreciate you all. <laughs> I do. Please, the phone lines are closed. I got to fly in here. The phone lines are closed, so please hit me with your questions, comments, and requests in all capital letters in the chat. It makes it that much easier for Keona and I and, and the moderators to see and respond to your, your questions. The phone lines are too late. Unless you're already on the phone lines, you can still go to number one and get your question or comment and request them. But if you're not on the phone line, it's it's too late for you to call in. The phone lines shut down at two. We are now in archive. So everything that we say in the Blog Talk Radio stratosphere is now going into archive. We do appreciate your questions, comments, and requests um, in YouTube, in uh, Instagram, and, and Twitter. Wherever you might still be live, um, you can send your questions, comments. Um, Keon, I'm not seeing the question. I see your question mark in your question. Um, help me out, y'all. Um, that's a really good measure too with your bill collectors until you get the right one because um ccc for instance has spanish speaking operators <laughs> so technically reina love uh it's a professional now it's a lot of fake bill collectors out there 
And so, yeah, absolutely hang up on them. Absolutely play them, you know, to, to the best of your ability. Um, so if you say uh, no habla espanol or no habla inglés, um, and they can't, you're probably talking to a fake bill collector anyway. You're probably speaking to a fraud uh, bill collecting service anyway. Um, so yeah, that that's a good one. So throw that out there because a legitimate company, they speak Spanish, they speak French. <laughs> um, Keon is asking, how does one release sexual frustration without sex? Um, you're going back to Tantra. You're going back to Transcendental Meditation. You're going back to, as in Kundalini Force, sexual power, sexual energy, and having that then go into your body. Uh, for men, for instance, um, you only produce a certain amount of semen. You only produce a certain amount of sperm. So it's not like abstinence is going to make your nuts swell up and burst like a balloon. That's the myth of blue ball. That's a myth. Uh, but that energy is reabsorbed in the body. That's reabsorbed into the bloodstream. And for women, it's not that far removed from the same, from the same thing. That energy if it's being applied spiritually, and, and that requires you operating and acting spiritually throughout the course of your day. You can't just get up and sit at the computer and wander in and out of social media, which is going to throw up sexual imagery at you all day and all night. Um, you can't just turn on the radio and listen to your R&B and your so because it's going to throw sexual energy at you all and all night. So spiritual practitioners, whatever the religion, when they are fasting, including abstinence from sex, they are operating in the spirit. So the prayer routine, they've got a chant routine. They've got a mantra routine. They've got a let me acknowledge my shrines and my altar routine. Let me go out and walk my, uh, uh, what do you call it? My um, Oh, wow. You know, it's like a, a garden and you walk through it and, and you could get lost or you could hit a dead end or uh, what do you call that? Some of you, somebody in my audience know what I'm talking about. But you got to go out and do spiritual work while you're withholding or, or, or abstaining from sex. You can't stay in that room all day. You can't stay in that house all day. You can't stay in that apartment all day. You've got to till the soil, work in your garden, uh, paint or, or draw or create mandalas, mandalas. And within that mandala that the Buddhist, Muslim, the Hindu is, is drawing and, and creating, they're also walking a spiritual path, a spiritual maze, Labyrinth. Thank you, um, Oracle uh, Treehouse. They're walking the lab labyrinth, literally or figuratively, in their daily life, in their daily activities. So it's more than just I'm going to withhold from sex 
you know, for, for the good of my spirit, but then I'm going to play on the internet all day. I'm going to do my normal stuff every day. I'm going to go, go in and out of my workspace every day, especially your shared workspace. So your coworkers is talking about they date and what they did and what they ate and where they went, you know, and all this other kind of stuff. And so you've got to feed the soul spirit. Like Keisha Smith said, you, you, you got to know about spiritual cleansing. Water, Keisha, is the original. Water. Water, real flowers, not Florida water, because Florida water is, is, is a chemical with some fragrances added to it. Let's be clear, with some alcohol base, okay? No, real spiritual cleansing, water, water, okay? And then plants. Real plants, real herbs, real flowers. That's why I harvest the flowers off of my herbs, off of my fruits and vegetables. Not just the herb itself, not just the stem itself, not just the root. You got to apply every part of the plant, every part, every part. So I get jars of just flowers. And I've got godchildren. Paul is one of them who know how to make Florida water, who who ain't got to go to the store and buy Florida water. <laughs> so you have to go back to Keisha. You got to go back to nature. You got to go back to plants. You got to go back to what's real, to what's organic, to, 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 to what you can grow in your yard. Thank you, Raina Love. You know, sage can be grown harvest produced from your yard and absolutely make sure your doors and your windows are open not only for the releasing of demons and gin and negative energy but also for the receiving receiving of the blessing receiving of clarity purity yes sean when uh during that um hibernation during that fasting chop wood carry water all the things that we used to do that you know that uh uh my, my chat is talking about before botanica thank you keisha smith before the introduction of uh of in unnatural products chemicalized products commercially produced products yes poor libations acknowledge your ancestors and and y'all know Kiona asked a lot of questions in the chat that ain't got nothing to do with Kiona. That, that's why I love Kiona. Kiona will ask for herself, but Kiona will also ask, what can I do for other other people? What kind of questions can I ask that get other folks to respond? What kind of questions can I ask that other folk in the chat might want to ask or probably should be asking? And not asking. So I appreciate the questions. I do. Akisha living in an apartment, it does produce challenge. It does produce a new way of having to do things. So you might not have a whole lot of room for gardening. You might not have a balcony. You might not have a stoop, a, a stairwell where you can leave your plants, you know, without knowing that folks even go mess with your stuff. 
Um, and I invite you, Keisha, to look at your neighborhood, look at your parks, your playgrounds, look at the natural areas closest to where you live, where you might be able to go out and plant some stuff, harvest some stuff, put some stuff out uh, in nature where it might be undisturbed, you know, where folks might not fool with it. But you know where it is and you know where to go and, and get it and have access to it. And Keisha, if you ever have questions, boo, just email me. Just email me what the question is, what you're doing, what you're working on, how do I make this work um, in, in an apartment? And I'll help you do that. I've lived in apartments, small apartments. I've lived in big apartments. I've lived in rooms. I've lived in shelters. I've lived out of a storage unit. I, I've lived out of lockers. The spiritual meaning um, Guinevere Reed of the labyrinth is about meditation, walking a path, at the same time finding a path. Because you know within the labyrinth, some lead to a dead end, some lead to a wall, some cause you to break your meditation, break your trance, break your chant, and, and find a new direction find a new exit, find a new entryway. So the labyrinth was about meditation, was about walking, which is a form of meditation. It's one of my favorite forms of meditation, by the way. I pray best, I can meditate best when I'm walking. My blood is up, my body is warmed up. I'm now in the spirit. I'm not paying attention to a whole lot of what's going on. You know. Some of your great meditation, your, your great prayers happen while you're walking and your body is left brain. Your body is moving, acting, operating, but your right brain now is open. It's now receptive. The an agent symbol that relates to wholeness, absolutely, completion. When you look at the labyrinths from above, it's either a circle or a square. It, it, it occupies a space. But then within that, like I said, are those roadblocks, those challenges, that left, that right, that detour, that give us an opportunity to redirect the direction that we're, we're focusing our energy on. And so it's a literal symbolism, but also a figurative symbolism that we can then transpose onto our real waking everyday lives even once we move out from the from the actual labyrinth yes um a cubanga that might be a typo you got by grow lamp i'm not sure exactly what you mean right there but, but yes, grow pots. You can grow plants indoors. You can get lighting. There are all kinds of ways to bring nature and to bring water and to bring the elements into your house. Uh, they even have these aquariums now, and I'm really considering getting one, um, that attaches to the top of your aquarium. So you got the aquarium life going on producing certain uh, elements that the plants can absorb, and then you can put your herbs uh, at the top. And Keisha Smith starts 
simply get you a great plant book. Um, I have a book around here somewhere. It's called um, Natural Herbs in the Wild. Uh, don't quote me on that. It's, it's named something like that, but I can't remember the exact title. Something to do with natural plants in the wild that are edible, that are medicinal, that are herb-like. Get clear. Get a book so that you understand, Keisha, what, for instance, dandelion is, what clove, clover is, what bee balm is. These are stuff that we see and walk over every day that we've been taught, you know, by suburban, uh, urban, middle-class culture that these things are weeds. These things are unuseful. These things are destroying my green lawn. First, identify those plants. Get clear about what they are. So you can treat them with a greater deal of respect when you see them in the wild, in your environment. And then, Keisha, you will begin to acknowledge and recognize plants, roots, herbs, trees that, that are beneficial. And then you can focus your attention. Now, in terms of what you can bring in, um, right now would be a great time for herbs. In fact, you're quickly running out of time because we're now going into the summer. So your Lowe's, your Home Depot, um, even your groceries have herbs right out in front. Um, parsley, your mint. Rosemary is a mint, by the way. It's in the mint family. Um, you might find basil. You might find rosemary. You might find mint. You might find um, Thai basil. You might find um, jasmine. You, you might find, um, I'm trying to think of the, the herbs that they stick to at stores that you typically find right out front. Um, there's another one that, that's escaping me. Um, um, oh, wow. It'll come to me. Start with those herbs that you find out in front of the store, out in front of your grocery store. Those are typically the easiest to grow the easiest to maintain, whether it's indoors or out, whether you have sunlight or you have to work with artificial light, um, start with those plants. Those are the easiest plants to grow and to develop. Aloe, aloe vera, um, agave. Agave looks like aloe vera, but it's typically much larger, especially here in Louisiana around the uh, Gulf Coast. Um, these huge, giant plants that you all look at and think is aloe vera is typically agave, uh, which is a sugar substitute. Thank you, Chief um, Bougie. I mean, Chef Bougie, I appreciate that. Uh, yes. So start there, uh, Keisha. Start with some of the more common um, um, oregano. That's, that's what I couldn't spit out. Oregano is, is commonly grown at your grocery stores, uh, your Home Depot. It's one of the plants that would be set. Oh, okay, lamps that assist your plants in growing. I, I got you, Rain of Love. I, I got you. Sometimes I'm seeing the chat and it's broken up by the time I get to it. So I don't always know what I'm looking at. Yeah, there's all kind of ways to bring um, your plants and your herb life uh, indoors. 
But yeah, start with what's easiest to grow. Start with what you know. Start with what you can easily use, uh, or you know, in your own cooking, in your own spirit work, in your own ritual work. Start there, Keisha, and then develop outwards. Yes, thank you, thank you. I, I I didn't quite get the lamps at first, but I, I get it now. <laughs> okay. Um, no, not a spiritual book. Don't no, not a spiritual book. Just get a herbs, get a herb, an edible plants and herbs book. And the book that I could remember the name, I think that's what it's called. Edible plants and herbs that can be found naturally or in the wild no it's of course the book that we're talking about is not going to be close to me <laughs> it's not going to be in easy reach um but yeah get a book a simple book about herbs and plants a simple book about edible herbs and plants not a spiritual book and start there the spiritual books are tend tend to be very specialized so they're going to talk about things that are going to be hard to get, not so easy to access, um, or may already have specific usages like what you would find, um, you know, at your uh, botanica or, or just your herb shop. So I just want you to just get a, a, a basic herb book. I like that. Um, a foraging app to see the beauty in weeds, herbs, and find what brings you joy. Thyme, thank you. Thyme is another uh, plant that's commonly found right outside your grocery store or, or at your neighborhood garden center, Lowe's, Home Depot, that's easy to grow. Uh, rosemary will grow like an evergreen tree. I got a pot with, ever, with a, a rosemary in it. The rosemary is in the pot, outside the pot, on the ground. It almost looks like a full shrub bush. <laughs> My rosemary. Dill is easy to grow and, and populate. Parsley, all of your mints. Those are very simple plants to grow and to maintain. Reign of love, I would love to say Mary Jane, whether you're in a legal state or not. But Mary Jane ain't easy to grow. Mary Jane is not the easiest to grow now. And so you got to get plenty of light and plenty of, uh, make sure it's getting fertilizer and the right foods. Um, ethnobotany is a great, yeah, ethnobotany books. But I mean, just the books I'm talking about are herb books. Um, how to discover edible herbs, you know, in, in an urban setting. But books of that nature. How to find, you know, edible plants, even in the city wherever you are. Those type of books are easy to discover, to find, and locate. Uh, yeah, I find uh, Mary Jane not that easy to grow, not that easy to cultivate, not that easy to maintain, unless you're in the southern states, California, Texas, Florida, and then you've got the right amount of light, the right amount of nutrients, the right amount of, you know, uh, uh, um, beneficial, uh, by
environment that your plant would need for it to for it to survive. What can you put outside your front door or around your house for protection? Now, rosemary is good for that. There are other plants that are said to grow and and thrive uh, where there is sanctity, where there is sacredness, uh, where there is um, uh, peace. Uh, where there's a healthy spiritual environment. And basil is one of them. Basil is often referred to as holy basil. Um, so it, it's said that if you can't grow basil, if you can't keep basil um, alive um, in your pot, in your garden, around your house, then there might be something wicked there. It might be something evil there. It might be something that needs to be cleaned uh, or removed there. You all know I can't talk and type and pull up documents and information um, for you at, at the same time. But there are plants that you can grow that will keep people from visiting you. Keep people from coming to see you. Keep people from crossing your doorstep. But there are also herbs that we can grow that cool positive energy in, that increase your uh, prosperity, that increase your your sense of of wealth. So rosemary right off is one. Holy basil is another. Uh, that, that tend to unnerve people, that, that tend to keep people at a distance. Cinnamon Black, I don't know why you keep sending me these private messages of the same thing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.